0: This podcast was made with Descript. Descript is a groundbreaking new media tool that allows creators to edit audio and video like a text document and create a realistic clone of their own voice for seamless
1: edits. Please check out our Patreon at Asian Hustle Network. We want Asian to continue being meaningful and give back to the Asian community. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to contribute to our feature, we hope you become a patron.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. His name is Michael Kim. After years of taking jobs he hated and almost losing his life, Mike Kim left everything behind to pursue his true passions. Now he is a stand up comedian, actor, and podcaster, risking it all to make his dreams come true. The grind never stops. Mike.
2: Welcome to the show. That was so intense. (laughs) Thanks, thanks, (laughs) That's intense. Okay, I appreciate you uh, for inviting me. Thank you. you. Of course, super
1: excited to have you on. Let's hop in with who you are, man. What was your upbringing like? Where'd you grow up?
2: Okay, so I am first generation, uh, or well, second generation Korean American. So my parents are from Korea. So I grew up in a very traditional house where uh, if you're a natural born creative, mm-hmm. you will get destroyed.
3: Like,
2: <laughs> I, my earliest memory was my dad uh, in, in preschool. He asked, what do you want to be when you're older? And I said, comic book artist. He like, "Michael," he's like, Michael, co- there is no money. You're gonna die. And I was like, oh shit, fuck. <laughs> you know, so like, uh, it was just like a constant thing with, with that. Um, so uh, do you, how, how deep should I go? <laughs> you guys feel
0: pretty deep. Whatever I, you're
2: comfortable with, bro.
0: Yeah, and what you know, we read, you know, other articles about you too, and, you know, your Voyage LA interview and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you talked about your father, um, his response about what you said about being a comic book artist. And, you know, I would love to know about your reaction to that, how that kind of shaped your mindset growing up. Yeah, you can go as deep as you uh, want. <laughs>
2: okay, okay. Yeah, so basically that was the beginning of, kind of the um, the end of my potential growth, you know, because when when a child tells you, the parent, what they want to be, mm-hmm. that's not something that they're 100% going to become. But if you allow that to flourish without suppressing that, then they're not as afraid of the world to be who they are. Because mm-hmm. by my dad doing that, he he essentially told me, you are not allowed to exist for being you. Mm-hmm. So that was just the theme because I'm 31 now. That was the theme for my whole life up until probably 29. I didn't allow myself to start truly being me until, until 29, you know, because I was taking a bunch of jobs I didn't like. I, I felt like I had to be a specific way. I felt guilty for having this urge to want to be funny, make things, right. you know, mm-hmm. like video stuff, just whatever, just, just entertain. So the logical side of me, which came from basically my dad saying like, you can't do that. Like, like, even when I discovered I could sing in high school uh, at first, he said that um, he's like, Oh, Oh, he, he caught me singing. He's like, Oh, you can sing. Oh. And, and you know, I was like, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm learning from my friend's mom and then we would have recitals every year. And then one day my grades weren't good enough. And then he was like, that's all you do. All you do is sing. That's all you do. And I was like, I go once a week mm-hmm. on a Friday, after school for one hour to learn from my friend's mom. So because of that, I stopped. And that was actually the one thing I learned uh, how to express my emotions because yeah. I was raised by my dad. So my dad would hit me a lot and he would hit me more if I cried, but he would stop hitting me if I got angry. If I stood there just like, or like I'm just scowling, just like, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. He'd kind of, you know, look at me with pity and be like, that means wash your face He'd walk mm-hmm. off. So it taught me to use anger as a strength and as like a defense mechanism um but i was always insecure because of that so like uh i forgot where i was going with this <laughs>
3: know, right? It's all
2: right <laughs> oh, and then the singing thing so because because i stopped seeing so there, all these things i like to do like creatively that allowed me to express myself mm-hmm. so once i stopped doing that like the singing thing i, I got into drugs mm-hmm. cool. yeah yeah Sorry to take your smile away. But, no, <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, no, no, but... Um, it's deep. I like yeah, it. it's deep. Because I, Because I, I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. So, like, I just <laughs> felt crazy, you know? And uh, I, I got pretty heavy into drugs. Uh, there's, like, two years of my life where I don't really remember a lot because <laughs> I partied a lot. I did a lot of drugs and shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then, um, then I went to... You know, I tried to finish college and I ended up transferring to Cal State Northridge, got a degree in communication studies. And then, you know, um, and even then the whole time I'm like, what am I doing? I don't know why I'm doing this. It was just so confusing. I kept feeling lost. Um, but the, the one really good thing that came from me transferring to that college was they had an open mic night for stand up. And it was my last year there. And then I was like, you know what? People keep saying I'm funny. Mm -hmm. but how funny am i really like these are people that know me or friends of friends or people in public they're nice because it's you're supposed to be yeah right so like what if i just do stand up in front of a bunch of strangers let let me test myself so then i did my first open mic uh before i went up i felt like i was gonna um can i curse on this yeah of course Mm -hmm. okay i thought i was gonna piss. I simultaneously i was number 13 I, uh, on the list i felt like i was gonna shit myself piss myself pass out get a nosebleed uh and then die like all at once i've never felt all at once i never yeah. felt that in my life huh. and i went to the bathroom like i think six or eight times before i went up to keep checking my armpits i was sweaty so like i'm like, <sighs> staring myself in the mirror just like <sighs> and i go to the bathroom trying to pee i'm like oh nothing's coming out what am i doing and i did it over and over and over and over and over and then and then it was like you know then I go back out and I'm like, oh my God. And then he's like, okay, coming up next. The host is like, coming up next. He's a very funny guy. I'm like, how do you know I'm funny? I just met you. I don't know who the fuck you are. And, I'm like, oh. and I was like, oh. And I'm walking. And then the stage is right here, right? Like the border. And okay. I'm walking. And then as soon as one foot touched the stage, uh-huh. it like dissipated all that. Oh. And then I had an out of body experience. And then I crushed it for my first open mic. Wow! Wow! Yeah, and then I bombed everyone after. But yeah. <laughs> so so I, so anyway, so like that was the first taste of it. But then that was at twenty five. I partied a lot, so I graduated late from college. But then, then uh, you know, I just kind of left that behind, and then did the whole. I felt guilty for that, and then just did marketing and a bunch of jobs. Like I said, that I didn't really enjoy mm-hmm. until I got to the point where um 20 28 29 that's when i was just like fuck this Mm -hmm. the the work i was doing it it sucked it really sucked because you're I, i was forcing myself to be this introverted be on a computer all day guy who's just doing like email marketing there's a bunch of stuff that's not really me and i i i would basically like yell at myself in my head like you fucking loser like, how the fuck you, like, you don't deserve to make, like, do, do comedy and all that shit. Like, really? You, you you don't even make money. Like, who the fuck are you? You mm-hmm. piece of shit. I would talk to myself, like, all the time, you know? And uh, then it got to the point where I was, uh, I was going to hang myself. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I just, I just felt so, I didn't, I didn't allow myself to live and be me
3: mm-hmm.
2: for so long. And that's when I. I discovered I had to look into it. So I left everything behind. I moved back home and then I looked uh, into my childhood trauma. So for like three months or so, I did nothing except sit in front of the couch and allow my and just like watch Netflix or play video games and just tell myself, you're allowed to do this. Cause even when I would have leisure time, my brain would be like, You, you fucking idiot. Like, oh my god, you're wasting your time. What are you doing? So I I could never relax. I was always on it on the edge. Uh, with anxiety and just like, just like a low level of depression and anxiety. And then, um, so I always, rever- I kept reverse engineering everything. I'm like, where does this come from? Where do, where do these crazy thoughts come from? You mm-hmm. know, reverse engineer, like as soon as I had a thought of, uh, uh, you're not allowed to do this. Like you fucking suck. It's like reverse engineer Where did it start from? Blah, blah, uh, Like why, why, blah, 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 blah. And it's, it, it kept coming back to my dad. Mm-hmm. And the thing I didn't say was my dad, he passed away when I was 21. So like, I learned that all these crazy thoughts I had, it wasn't really my voice. It was, it was the voice of my father being Trojan horse through my own voice. Yeah. You know? And then through like heavy therapy with all that stuff, I, I figured all that out. And that got rid of 90% of my resting anxiety and uh, depression. And I'm the happiest I've ever been because now I'm allowing myself to do what I want to do. You know, and, and and I'm still brand new in this. Right. Uh, I have a long way to go. It's only been two years, but it, it really feels like, like I'm living for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like legitimately. So. Wow. Yeah. That is, this is a very powerful story.
0: Yeah. That is extremely powerful. And, you know, first of all, I just want to say sorry about your dad. Um, I'm really glad that therapy had helped you a lot in the past couple of years. And, You know, I feel like what you said is so true because a lot of our parents no matter you know who what you know ethnicity or race we are a lot of our parents we they say things to us because they want to influence us right and we look to them for influence and we look up to them because they're you know the first people that we know right, in our life
1: authority figure exactly
0: um and a lot of what they say to us influences our mindset and our mentality it could be about anything let's say if like i wanted to do makeup as a younger child right and if my parents said oh you look horrible in makeup every time i would do makeup as an adult that voice would ring in my head, you know, and that would affect me and traumatize me. And about like childhood trauma, you know, a lot of us have, I think we think of ourselves and we think of our flaws, right? Most of the time. And it goes back to our childhood experiences and childhood trauma. So a lot of the times we don't even realize that we have childhood trauma trauma until we look back and mm-hmm. like think about it and reflect on it. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, mean, yeah I mean, even from my own experience too, like my parents would always belittle me when I cook, as a kid the same thing they're like okay. yeah they're like why are you cooking like cooking has no money you need to like study hard. <laughs> wow you know what cooking, huh? yeah so even to this day when whenever i try to cook i'm like oh i should have been a chef you know because i end up listening to them him an engineer um but that voice i completely understand where you're coming from mm-hmm. like it's just always there you know and yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, eventually, I wanna, I wanna be able to cook again in my life. But like for now, it's like, I just, yeah, I'm, I think I'm still going the same trauma as well. I, I do understand where you're coming from. And the other thing, it's kind of funny, because when I was a kid, I loved talking to strangers. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. I always go to people and be like, "Hi, sir, how are you doing today? Um, who, who are you?" Like I always asked the basic questions, right? And it's funny too, because that sort of linked me to creating Asian Hustle Network because I like hearing people's stories. I like listening to people. I like understanding how people work. And good thing, like that part, they never discourage. I don't know why, like I would just literally talk to some random ass people at the grocery store, just walking around the store. Well, <laughs> like that's the part that is sort of foster because they wanted me to be social. But the part where my true passion is, I, lo- I used to love to cook, but now when I watch cooking videos on TikTok, I'm like, God damn it, it should have been me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: have no skill <laughs> that, that's so funny that they you know you're a kid and then your parents are like hey don't cook right but then you're talking to strangers and there's like yeah talk to that strange person we never met before they could potentially kidnap you go ahead <laughs> maybe it's, it's uh <laughs> subliminal messages <laughs> maybe maybe yeah.
0: so the first show went really well right and then you said the ones after that didn't go really well but we know like To combat your kind of feeling nervous being on stage, you actually got on stage three hundred times in in like about one year, a little bit over a year.
1: She's doing stage (laughs) every day. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Can you talk about your experience about about that, and you know what? What? How did you feel? Like what was going through your mind at that time?
2: Yeah. So, um, I uh, okay. Just to clarify, majority of those are open mics, obviously okay yeah but that's still stage time at the end of the day right. um i so when i started getting into the circuit people didn't accept me
3: uh-huh.
2: they would ignore me I, I remember there was this one guy i still I, fucking, I talk about him all the time but i'm not gonna say his name but i saw him like eight times and i mm-hmm. and I like, hey man what's up and then i was like hey you know i went in for like a fist bump and then he had like three friends there and he's, he's, he's been doing it for like six years or some shit. He did this. He was like high school. He was like, oh, what's up, man? <laughs> he didn't even look at me. <laughs> Continue conversation. I was like, come on. Like nobody was really giving me a chance huh. or wanting to be my friend or anything. Um, So it was very different than life, you know? Yeah. So, and then I realized that Oh, it's because there's a, also a high turnover rate when it comes to stand-up comedians. People, everybody thinks they can do it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and when my friends think I'm funny. They come, they go, they do it. They're like, "Oh, oh, this hurts. This sucks," and then they never come back. So mm-hmm. people don't really like to invest like that. But also, I took it really personally just because, like, if it, it felt like in my mind people were against me, whether it was true or not, um, it 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 built this fire within me. So I just told myself, you know what? Um, I'm going to get so good that you're not going to be able to deny me of my existence and the fact that I'm here. Like, I'm going to fucking show you guys, you know? So I said, what's one thing I can control? Cause people aren't really putting me on shows. What's one thing I can control. I can control how many open mics I, I go to and I can toughen my, my uh, mental resolve
3: uh-huh. mm-hmm.
2: and gain get to the point where i just don't give a fuck so i just kept forcing myself and i wanted to quit every day for the first probably like four to six months around there and every day like literally every day i'm just like why are you doing this why the fuck are you doing it this sucks you know just constantly bombing and everybody just kind of staring at you people pulling out their phone just like in front of you wow you know because the comedians don't give a fuck they're they're so jaded and they're just and then I, i kept blaming them and then um I told myself, you know what? Full accountability. What if you stop blaming them? Because the more I blame them, the more I wanted to quit. So I was like, you know what? What if I just look at, since you're so jaded, what if the guy on his phone, when he's like this, what if I say something and then when he looks up like this Uh and gives a little smirk, I imagine that as like, (laughs) like a crazy laugh, right? So I changed my perspective on that and uh, just went multiple times a day. I did like, you know, sometimes two or three open mics a day. Uh-huh. You know, and and just kept going, kept going, kept going, and then and I knew if I didn't stop, eventually something's got to give.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I finally hit that point where I realized, oh, I don't get affected by them at all. Mm-hmm. Like I don't get. It's not even just them. It's me, my own sensitivity, my own insecurity, mm-hmm. my own feeling of acknowledge me, acknowledge me, acknowledge me, validate me mm-hmm. by laughing. That's not the point of open mics. The, the point of open mics is a boot camp to just let you know that. You can, you can fucking hang and to get you to the point where you just don't care. And by not caring, you become more of who you are. And what I saw was that when I hit that point, they started to pay attention and they could feel my energy mm-hmm. and my presence. Cause I was no longer in my head of like, okay, if I say this next, is it going to make them laugh. No, it was just like, this is me. This mm-hmm. is what I think is funny. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. I don't give a fuck. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So... That's why I did it that many times. And then now I have friends in the, the circuit and um, you know, I have, uh, they don't do like, you know, they don't do that shit. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. yeah.
1: It's yeah. Sick. Your story has a lot of good lessons from it. Your, mm-hmm. your attitude has changed. Your mindset has changed and your mentality has changed. It's crazy how you tweak the little things and your whole perspective and your life changes. You know, mm-hmm. so thank you Definitely. for sharing that, man. And we watch a lot of your TikTok content. Like, this uh-huh. is something that we watch at night before we go to sleep for a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're Quite serious. serious about that. And we love the unapologetic un- unimpol- message behind your content. And that's the reason why we wanted you on this podcast because we like people who not only straight, not straight away, but pivot from a, uh, un- a conventional path to unconventional path, but found ways to be themselves. And so important with the Asian culture. You know, a lot of us that we see aren't ourselves. We're not unapologetic. We can't voice ourselves correctly. Mm-hmm. We're scared to speak up. That's why we want to highlight people like you, Mike, and listen to your story. It just makes it even more special. Like we had no idea that you were going through this much, these, it's like this much things until mm-hmm. we started looking you up and having you in the podcast. And unfortunately a lot of people out there, especially inside the Asian House network community feels this way. They feel trapped. There's a the reason why you've been growing so quickly. You know, there's a reason why we grew to 70,000 members in like less than a year, you know, because a lot of people are feeling that maybe, maybe there is a life outside of corporate. Maybe they have potential that they want to tap into, you know, but they're scared. They need to listen to your story because it actually resonates with us. And it resonates with a lot of people to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to show the world how special I am and I'm going to stop giving a damn because the worst thing you do in your life is get to your reti- retirement years and look back and be like, why was I so scared to do any of these things? Why? You know? And if we can, if we can provide that path, that story, that, that sense of relief that they can do at a much younger age without living life with regret, this is our mission. This is our goal. We want this to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I love that you said that, you didn't find your voice until you started being yourself and you started being authentic. And I feel the same way about, so like Brian and I are, are, are trying out TikTok. We have been doing TikTok videos. We for, suck. Yeah, we suck. We're not,
3: we're not <laughs> oh, and,
0: and for our listeners, um, we'll, you know, we'll dive into TikTok in a little bit, you know, but yeah. Mike has about 300,000 followers on TikTok, so that's amazing. Um, but yeah, so Brian and I are—we've been like, you know, playing around with TikTok. We
1: also can't dance.
0: <laughs> we also can't dance.
2: Or, I can't dance either. Don't or me. sing. At least you can yeah. sing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but like initially when I was trying to do videos, I was always so self-conscious about the videos that I was doing and putting out of like recording myself. Cause I would always be like, Oh, my hair doesn't look good. Or like the message I'm conveying isn't perfect. It doesn't make sense. Or I stuttered or something like that. And I always go back into like my self-conscious mindset and be like, it's not perfect enough. I don't want to post this online where everyone can see, but I was like, okay, you know what? Like if I'm not going to post anything, I'm never going to post it. And I started having this mindset where I'm just like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to post whatever. And then I'm just going to gradually like find my voice. And I feel like, you know, that's exactly what you did. And you just started being yourself and you're just like, you know, F it. Like, I'm just going to go on stage and be myself and find my voice. And then that's when, you know, people recognize that you're being authentic. You're being true, you know?
1: Yeah. I really and, and hats off to you. Two. I want to give you a lot of props. When you look at your videos mm-hmm. as case studies for ourselves. <laughs> we can't we can't find a lot of asian creators out there that speak the way you do and convey the way you do it's just a similar vibe i think it's I think the greatest thing about like social media especially tiktok is because you as like as viewers you can sense if the person's being authentic you know if that person's being true to themselves and you resonate with them and you like you like and you like their videos too you know so Thank you, for the, thank you for that, Mike. That's the reason why we wanted you on here too because, you know, we, we watch a lot of your videos and so we'll be like, okay, fuck it. My hair is too long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know?
2: Well, th- thanks for uh, making me feel like you're the parents I never had. You're so supportive. Like, you're doing great. You're doing amazing. <laughs> like, I'm getting a little emotional. I'm like, what if they were my parents? What if I was five? I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll be a comic book artist Dad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I do, we do want to pivot and ask you about TikTok. Like, it's... Um, yeah. Been such a powerful platform to see you grow on there like what was that mentality like how did you spot the opportunity to pivot most of your content onto TikTok
0: yeah because I'm assuming during COVID you couldn't do a stand-up anymore right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it seems like you pivoted to TikTok yeah what was that experience like
2: so uh, I actually was against TikTok for a while before that I was like, all I do is dance this is lame you know I was being a hater like an old man hater like oh is lame We're only going to make content that's high quality DSLR skits on YouTube. You know, all that shit. Um, But then you quickly realize that it's harder to have people with the same uh, dedication and passion as you to meet up, to do these things. And, you know, the timing and scheduling, blah, blah. But anyway, so then basically, um, you know, I get on TikTok because of Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary V. He just kept talking about it. He's yeah. like, "You uh, did to okay. get him. You know that stuff." And then I was like, <laughs> uh, "You know what? Fuck, I'll do it." He's right. He's right about pretty much like everything. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "I'll just do it." And then I had a COVID uh, started creeping up, and then I had a um, what is it? One of the last times I was on set working with my friend uh, for like you know background acting, uh-huh. uh, we we, we decided we're going to do a 60 day challenge one video a day for 60 days. And the point of that was to get over I mean, what you're talking about, getting over the perfection aspect, Yeah. getting in your head, you know, just do it, just put anything out, Yeah. whatever. Right. Plus the fact that during that time too, then, you know, like I said, Corona hit and then um, a lot of stand up comedians weren't, you know, they were just kind of playing victim and saying, well, I can't do stand up. I'm sad. I'm, de- I'm like, can do something there's other things social media so anyways um posted it every day and then it got to the point where i didn't give a fuck same same concept with the open mics of stand-up comedy you just keep doing it enough where you're like it doesn't even matter anymore you know like the value metrics the likes the view whatever i was like fuck it i'm just gonna be me i don't even care anymore and then i was like then i came up with this one video idea i said i was like huh how do I be vulnerable, honest, and help? So I remembered all, for so many years, I had a bunch of friends, friends that are girls. They oh. kept coming coming for advice about like dating, about these specific guys. And it was just the same exact patterns I saw. And I kept repeating myself and I was like, this is so annoying. <laughs> I feel like if this many girls say this about this, uh, then I'm just going to put a video out there and hopefully help somebody. Cause I feel like it's got it, it's gotta be universal. Uh-huh. so i called it confessions of a former fuck boy <laughs> i remember that yeah yeah so i basically <laughs> explained the, the reason why i was able to help my friends was i was like you know the guy that the shit that they're doing i did that i was a piece of shit so i'm oh. telling you i know exactly what they're doing so i was like okay let me just admit some of the manipulative uh you know shit that I like mentally manipulative things i did before um uh and then i, I made that video and then i wake up the next day with like like hundreds and hundreds of notifications
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that you know because i was like you know what people think i look uh, they're gonna judge me on that fine whatever but i'm i'm, I'm trying to help fuck it
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh mm-hmm. and then and then, yeah then i just kept blown up i actually i have a paper up there where i actually recorded wow how fast i was growing in the beginning oh wow which wow. is insane compared to now which is like i'm barely growing now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but back, but it was insane
3: uh-huh
2: yeah Wow, that's
1: wow. awesome, dude. But yeah. like, we also have a whiteboard too.
0: Yeah. We write down how many followers we have.
2: <laughs> we need something to track. It kinda it. hurts though.
0: Yeah. Sometimes when you yeah. lose followers, you're like, damn, what did I do wrong? You know?
3: I'm
2: like, oh. No, it makes you doubt yourself. It really does. It makes you doubt who you are, your message, yeah. uh, your worth. And then and then, you know, and, and also with time, you get a little better at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But what I've learned is the more you have in terms of followers, the more you feel like you have to lose. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that's when what initially got you the followers by you not caring and being more authentically you, right. it can start to warp and change who you are because now you want to cater just to them because you're thinking, Oh, they want this, they want that, or they want me to be this. Mm-hmm. And that's when you can lose yourself. Cause I've had, you know, moments like that as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially now, because I don't have, you know, I'm not doing stand up like I was to where that's, the reality anchor. Mm-hmm. So when you put all your focus on the internet world, mm-hmm. that you really start to judge yourself based off of these shallow metrics, which don't really matter so much, right. you know? Cause you can't always control the a- algorithm, you can't. I mean, I've, I've posted videos twice, like the same video where one, I posted it once, nobody watched it. Uh-huh. And then I repost it with a different caption and it hit a million views. Yeah. So is it me? I don't know. There's a lot of factors, right? So I think this is something that a lot of people go through and a lot of people, especially on Instagram, when you get unfollowed, I don't know about you, but I take it extremely personally because I know who it is. I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) We're not friends in person. I can't wait till we bump into each other and I'm going to be passive aggressive. I'm going to be like, what's up? Okay, and walk off. (laughs) Uh,
1: for me it's slightly different you know seven views oh shit and one like yes someone likes me
2: that one person i don't know who you are but thank you (laughs) that's how it should be that's how you're supposed to think you know (laughs) then you get then you you get too used to and you take things for granted and but uh but but yeah now fortunately we're talking at at a time where i am in that pocket of gratitude and you know just Yeah. yeah dude we're here this is this happened because of that. Yeah. We wouldn't be yeah. talking. So, you know, yeah. I'm grateful for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do wanna I do want to put a message out there too that a lot of these numbers are just numbers, you know. Mm-hmm. They don't define who you are or what you're about. Mm-hmm. Keep doing you. You know, put content out there that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And I got that from Gary V. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: yeah. He
1: always says that. That's awesome. <laughs>
3: and,
2: and, he, and he's right. But how do you guys feel right now with uh like your comfort level in terms of putting yourself out there on TikTok?
1: Uh um. We challenge ourselves. Mm-hmm. Over the last three months, we put out three pieces of content a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's hard.
0: It's hard. It's because yeah. like we
1: figure that when, we, when our backs against the wall, we're forced to we're forced to now dance. You know, the only <laughs> we're lesser clothes. No, excuse <laughs> Yeah, dance <laughs> like nobody's watching. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah,
3: for sure.
1: Yeah, but um, it actually makes us more creative. when We're mm-hmm. pushing against the wall. Like, oh no, mm-hmm. what content do we want to make? And that's the next question I want to ask you too. Like, do you ever have a creator's block where it's like, man, you're like, I don't, I should post today, but I have no idea what I should post today. How do you overcome that? What's the inspiration behind that?
2: Yeah. So, um, here's <clears throat> what I learned about creator's block. It's not a real thing. The only time you get a uh-huh. block is when you judge yourself,
3: uh-huh.
2: right? Because you're expecting some kind of result, whether it's from other people or, from some kind of expectation that you may have, the the anticipation of it, that's where the anxiety comes from. Anticipation.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's kind of like what they say when it comes to dating and girls. It's like text and forget. If she doesn't respond right away, fine. Okay, she may sometimes they'll respond a week later, two <laughs> weeks later. Who knows? But and then, but that could still turn into a date. Like text and forget, post and forget. Stop keep stop checking notifications. Yeah. Right. So uh, it's just. Uh, Like you said about putting your back against the wall, that's a necessity. Now, lately I haven't been posting like that every day. Mm -hmm. So that would make me sound kind of like a hypocrite, but you're absolutely right in terms of that type of output because then you're coming from a place of non-judgment because you just don't care. Yeah. You just just don't care. And also certain pieces of content, even if it has 5% of the normal views that you would have on average, it could be a little bit more niche and that can actually help that specific amount of people and really resonate with them deeply. And that's what I've realized as well. Mm-hmm. And that helps them develop even greater uh, relationship with you. And I think it's more important just to have just more quality, intimate relationships with your community than just be like, um, yeah, you could have like a million followers and still nobody really cares about you. Yeah. They like your stuff, but do they really care about you? How much do they really know about you? Right. right. Yeah. You know, it's true. Yeah. yeah.
0: Very true. Yeah. And you know, now that I think about it, you know, because you were posting out videos and content about relationship advice, I can understand why it got so much engagement because like personally for a girl, like I love to know what,
3: Oh, a guy face, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like why
0: I'm thinking about to like relationships and stuff, like why did they do this? Or like why did they think that way? You know, and most guys wouldn't put themselves out there and tell people like why they did the things that they did in a relationship, right? So girls like look to that. Was there like a moment in time where you like experienced absolute growth? Like some some video that like made you, you know, go viral, or was it pretty natural growth?
2: before that confessions of a former fuckboy video Mm because that's the one that made me go viral and actually i have people told me that they at school and there was girls that would watch it and take notes wow oh my gosh which just blew my mind i'm like what the fuck yeah yeah crazy so it was that and then i've had a few other videos where um so then it ties back into what, what do I care about? What do I think is interesting? So, so like mm-hmm. Filipino culture. I hung out with only Filipinos from the Philippines for mm-hmm. a few years. So I'm very familiar with their culture. And there's things that I thought was funny. And then I'd make videos based off of that and their culture without, you know, I'm not making fun of them. It's just like, you know, like a play with their culture. Cause I, I respect yeah. it. Yeah. And those exploded too. So cause it, people would think it's pretty weird. It's like, why is, why does a Korean guy know how to sing Filipino songs and know so much about the food. And so it is, it is a little weird, I guess, if you think about it, but Mm. that ties in with who I am and what I find interesting. And I I really like different cultures and stuff like that. So,
3: Mm.
2: you know, uh, those ones, uh, you know, like the confessions confessions of a former fuckboy that ended up being a series and people really liked it. But then I stopped making it after the 12th one because people started looking at me as some kind of dating guru. And I'm like, hey, by the way, guys, I've never been in one healthy relationship. They've all been toxic. So I'm just telling you, I'm I'm telling you what I know and what what like bad you know stuff to look yeah. out for. But I I can't really tell you how to be in a really healthy relationship. Yeah. So I, I just I just didn't want to keep answering dating questions, so I stopped. Yeah, uh, let's, yeah. Let's let's actually take it back
1: one more notch. I'm kind of curious too. At what point do you realize that this is like your career is real? Like you can make this happen. Like you start to feel more confident. That was like That's
2: a great question. Which is mm-hmm. like, you know what? I can do this what is that That's one a book? great question that is such a good question yeah so there was two two specific moments one was eight um eight months into my my, my stand-up journey um i ended up pers- uh, producing my first show at Westside comedy theater mm-hmm. which is it's not a comedy store it's not the improv but it's still well respected you know you'll see jimmy L. yang there seeing dave chappelle um, Adam Sandler has part of his stand-up special there. Wow. Um, and it was on a day right before July 4th, it was a late time slot. And we just weren't sure if anybody's going to show up. Um, cause the, the business partner at the time, which we split up, he, uh, he was like, I don't know about this brother. Maybe we should ask for another date. And then I got fired up and I was like, no, no, we're going to take it. They want it. They put us in a spot to test us. We'll fucking show them. We don't bitches. Let's fucking go. And he was like, all right, brother. All right. We'll take it. And then I was like, oh shit, we committed. (laughs) So then, uh, yeah, you know, we do the marketing, do all that stuff and sold out the show. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Granted, uh, I would say like 30% was our friends, but the rest were strangers Uh and then just Demolished every comedian killed it. it. People were like, "This is the best stand show I've ever been to." And none of these are celebrities. Wow! You know, yeah. standing room only. Yeah. Standing room only. Seats were taken. They had to stand by the bar. It was packed, right? And then I and then I and then I, uh, I finished the show. And then I was like, "Whoa, I think I belong." Because uh, you got to realize, up until that point, I had one little show. And that was with mostly other comedians. So it was like, I, I didn't really know because you just keep practicing in front of other comedians. You don't give a fuck. Yeah. So you don't really, really know, but you're like, you just trust the process. You trust the work. And then it got validated that one day. I was like, oh, okay. All right. I think, I think, I think I can do this. And then the second point was the TikTok thing.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So then I started putting out, uh, videos which are kind of like my throwaway stand-up jokes
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then those would start getting big and i was like oh they think that's funny it's like doing stand-up but for complete strangers and they like it they like what i have to say uh-huh. mm-hmm. you know besides the dating shit and all that stuff i was like oh my yo and then when i hit 100k i live streamed it at that point i started crying i started tearing up because it hit me i was like i have a hundred thousand people Care about what I have to say or find in value in me, All right? Based off of what I my words, that let me know oh I fucking belong here
1: because
2: mm-hmm. I'm not there doing like <laughs> you know, not shitting no. on them. Nothing wrong with the dancing stuff, but you know don't, what I'm trying to do. For, don't follow us on TikTok. <laughs> no, kidding. no, no. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Just I'll, I'll, yeah, I, I gotta follow you. I gotta follow you. But um, <laughs> yeah. That those were the two points where I realized oh I fucking belong here.
3: Yeah
2: you know, mm-hmm. those, those two moments.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I love how it's just like a prime example of
1: never quit
0: consistency and, you know, just Belief. working at it until you actually get to that point where you feel like this is all worth it.
1: Yeah. yeah. We, we see your growth throughout your entire story too. And not to be creepy, but I've been following you for a little bit now. You know, and all your skits. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> you follow, like, all your skits, too. We find it absolutely hilarious, too, because, you know, sometimes you poke at the race thing. It's yeah. like all, all Asians look alike. We saw mm-hmm. that video. Mm-hmm. Oh, and,
0: or, like, yeah. Asian girls getting with white guys, you know, like, yeah. pretty controversial or stuff. Or you, <laughs>
1: you let every facet of your personality shine through. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that you guys noticed that because that that's what I'm trying to do, because uh, I would put myself into a box at certain times thinking oh, I just have to be a comedian. I'm, I'm like, yeah. no, I'm so much more than that. Like, I love deep conversations. I love talking about things that uh, can unify people or that can heal people,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and just being very honest about things because uh, that's that's a necessity. And uh, going back to your point before we talked about um, you know, Asians not really speaking their mind as much. Mm-hmm. It's, we, we need to do that and we need more people to do that because it's kind of like every time we have somebody that does do that on a regular basis, it's like when you're on the battlefield in in the imperial times with like the swords and the shields and whatever and then you have that person with the flag. Mm-hmm. So that boosts the morale even when they're losing, even when they're, like, oh, and they're getting tired, and they look at that flag and they're like, no, no, we, this is why. Let's go. So that's, and I told myself in the beginning, um, I, I'm not trying to make myself sound like some badass and shit, but I, before all this, I, was, I told myself in the very beginning, I said, I'm willing to be the vanguard for the Asian community. Like, I'm willing to take the shit. If people want to crucify me, like, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Because you know what? At the end of the day, when I grew up, when I was growing up, I hated being Asian. You know, I wanted to be everything but Asian. I didn't like myself. Mm-hmm. And those few people that were on the internet, like just kidding films and stuff,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and Timothy Delegado, they were the only things I could look up to. Yeah. There, but even then it there wasn't that wasn't enough.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But the fact that they were there helped helped yeah. so much from just dipping so low Mm -hmm. they were just like the boom boom it's okay i still don't like myself but no no they like something about these guys made them able to do what they could do back then so um yeah
1: yeah that's that's so powerful and thank you for being the vanguard you know we that's a lot of pressure
2: because we. Yeah. One, your- one of them there, there's a lot of Asian vanguards just saying I'm not you know I'm not like bleh, bleh, you know but wait so. a minute rip your shirt off is there an S underneath <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I think there's like two two pieces of hair <laughs> <laughs> not that much
1: yeah I mean it's we feel it because we tried to be I don't know if the vanguard's are the right word but we try to be role models for the Asian community and it's not an easy task you know, we can speak from our experience too. That our community is one of the best communities out there, but we're also the first to shit on each other and pull each other down pretty fast.
2: Yeah! Oh my God, that's <laughs> fuck. That's so true. That's so true. We, we by the way, I know I love what you're doing, and you are literally. You're not even just one of the vanguards, but you are one of the uh, innovators, for sure. Because you you created this whole network where people can go to and look at oh i can do this i can do that or like all these stories that you're putting together it's gonna really sink into especially the younger generation because there's gonna be common themes amongst each person that they're gonna be like oh so it's not just me and this one um person on it, a, a, A h, n. it's tons of them yeah you know and that's gonna make them realize that it's okay to feel what they feel, or that they want to. You know, it's okay to do some of the things that they do. But no, but I mean, anyways, going back to you, like that, like what you're doing is a very fantastic thing. It's, it's. I don't really know any other ones that are doing stuff like that. So, yeah. like you know, props to you. Like, like really. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate that, and it, we just speaking from experience too.
2: It's not easy, you know. <laughs> Can you talk about the the uh, pulling down aspect? Because I'm I'm interested in.
1: Yeah. In
0: the pulling down aspect.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. I mean, with the Asian mentality, it's like we only help to a certain point.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Like we, once the goal is accomplished, the job is done and it doesn't work that way. You It doesn't build any foundations that way. Like once we help you get into that leadership position, we stop supporting you. You know, we just leave you there to struggle because to us it's like we have other things to worry about we got you there worry about your own stuff now
3: mm-hmm.
1: but that's not how you build change that's not how you build a community and then with that leader is now struggling we're just like damn we put the wrong person in the wrong positions he's representing us screw him let's pull him down you know he doesn't represent us and that seems to be a common common trend among asian politicians among asian leaders that's why i our parents actually discourage us to be that that visible. This is the reason why, like, when we start Asian Hustle Network, people are like, "Are you sure you want to be that visible? Like, just be behind the scenes." But when we talk to other Asian leaders out there through our podcast or through mentorship, the one thing they keep saying to us: we regret not putting ourselves out there more. Why? Because we can't. Because our impact and influence is capped by our company's brand. People don't don't know who we are behind the scenes. You know, and that's because we're taught to not stand up to the leadership position because our parents felt it too. Every time they stepped up, every time they spoke out of line or you know, not work or keep their head up, and, like, like stick out of the, of the bunch, they get called out. You know, so with that mentality, it's like no one wants to step up. No one wants to do this. And we're also not accustomed mm-hmm. to doing that. You know, we're not accustomed to having leaders that could represent and continually supporting them. This is, and also the word Asian in America or Western world is relatively new. You know, a generation ago, our grandparents were fighting each other in Asia, you know, and when we come over here, it's like, hey, guys, you're there all the same now. <laughs> <laughs> <Get along." laughs> you
0: know? We didn't know how to do that, you know. Yeah. Like, all the ethnicities, they kind of stick with their own little groups.
1: Yeah. And it's what
0: our parents had taught we're,
1: us. We're, we're so new. We're so new. Like the Asian word is so new and all we're going through right now is normal. It really is. We're the, All of us are pioneers because we're still trying to figure out what that even means because now we're at an awkward stage.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like we're Asian, but we're not Asian. Mm-hmm. You know, you go back to Asia, it's like, you're obviously not from Asia. <laughs> People just pointed at us like you're not, really not from Asia. You go over here, it's like, you're obviously not American enough. <laughs> it's like, all right, what the hell are we? You know, so we're still building an identity and that's okay. But at the same time, we have to unlearn a lot of things that were taught through us by our parents, by our grandparents, by generational beliefs, because now all of us are responsible for creating this new identity and for us to belong to, you know? So people like you, people like, like you mentioned before, Barquan or, or all these other YouTubers they are pioneers for our generation. Because as we're looking around, there's nothing like us yet. You know, there's nothing like us. So all of us is unique. So thank you for what you're doing, Mike. Appreciate that.
0: Yeah, really appreciate it. And just to echo off what Brian said, like we're still learning how to work with each other, you know, all yeah. the Asian ethnicities and we're learning every day and we're, you know, we're making improvements, but we still have a lot of work to do. You know, like sometimes we see, you know, HN members talk about, you know, business ideas that they have, you mm-hmm. know, or business ideas that they want to start and asking like, oh, if I had $30,000, um, what kind of business idea should I start? You know, and there's sometimes we see like a, a lot of scarcity mindset inside the group, mm. too. And this is but an Asian,
1: theme, an Asian thing because they they're from a place of war. Yeah.
0: And they'll say, like, why would I give you my business idea? But we really have to, like, shape people's mindset to Help make them other. believe, like, you know, we can work together. You know, we're all Asian at the end of the day. Like we, we all go through the same struggles, you know, being Asian in America, like finding our Asian identity. It's like really hard. And like, one thing that we just have to remember is that we are a big team. Like we can mm-hmm. work together. Yeah. You also
1: take the brunt of a lot of things too, because Asian people are the first to get angry hella fast. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa. Calm down guys. I know that all this repressed anger is <laughs> you can't show it, but chill. I'm on your team. Relax. <laughs> well, they'll get mad at you guys. All the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. We get so many uh, mean DMs that make us question whether or not this is yeah. worth wait, it. Wait, it's, but what do they get mad at you for?
3: Well,
0: most of the members are extremely nice, like, because a lot of people inside the group, they find business opportunities inside Asian, right? And so... Mm-hmm. They'll actually, you know, thank myself and Brian for even starting the community because they'll say, you know, during COVID-19, this was really the reason why, Asian was really the reason why, you know, I was able to keep my business open. And we always really appreciate those, you know, responses. But there are people who, you know, are angry because sometimes we don't approve their posts or, you know, but a lot of those posts that we don't approve are like promotional posts, like very salesy posts. And we have to keep the quality in the post, you know, good quality. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they just don't understand it you know, because they just want to put their business out there to 70,000 people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a whole different conversation, but yeah. the purpose of everything is always driven by, by making the world a better place. That's mm-hmm. where we're coming from. You know, no one pays us for this. Like we don't make money from this. Even if we do, it always goes back to making it better, you know? So you know, wow. this, this is truly our passion project. It really what it is, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, I just, your story resonates with us a lot. Like we, we fully know where you're coming from a lot more than you think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, we're here as a team. That's the, that's the point. And whoever's listening to this podcast too, who resonate, we're here as a team, mm-hmm. you know, reach out anytime. We'll, we'll definitely respond. Like we do not have to so type. You, you,
2: you guys do all this work and you guys barely make shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is basically nil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, guys. Whoever's listening to this, fucking appreciate these guys. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh wow. I respect you guys even more now. Fuck. Okay. No, we we definitely have an understanding there in terms of like, you know the. Damn. Okay. Yeah. People need to know that people people are fucking need to know that shit.
3: Yeah, no
1: worry. It's, it's okay if they don't know as long as as long as we know inside. It feels great.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. No, but uh, I do want to touch upon the whole like Asian on Asian thing. That's why I made that one video um, about why people don't take Asians seriously, because we and you brought up great points about, yeah, different uh, uh, ethnicities. And, you know, we're new here, but still amongst Asian Americans, there's still a lot of this division. And uh, even when I made that video, um, a lot agreed with me. Cause the main point of the video that I made was to unify, mm-hmm. but there was a, a lot, a lot that were like, that's just you. Like, you don't know what you're talking about or you were raised bad or this and that, you know, people yeah. just really went, went, went off on me. And I was like, damn, people okay, you kind of, mean, dude. <laughs> not even just, not even just TikTok man. Just like in, in other platforms, I was like, I was like, "Whoa, shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, but tick, yeah, people on TikTok can be mean though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's always the people who like don't have a profile picture too. i of like God, oh,
2: I'm gonna hunt
1: you I don't know where you are, who you are, I'm gonna find you.
2: <laughs> yeah, like when I be on live stream and they they come in and they, they say like oh you didn't now you you start coronavirus, I'd be like, hey, hey man, give me your Instagram and let's go live.
3: Uh-huh.
2: If you if you're really that badass, let's go live. Let's roast each other in person. Yeah. Live. Uh-huh. And they would all leave. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, let's do it right now. Give me your Instagram. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Ten out of ten times, always leave. Yeah. Never bother me again. Yeah, so stuff. yeah, uh,
1: I'll take you up on the offer. we <laughs> each other. Roast each other. Each other. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: what you guys roast each other about? you
2: <laughs> would be like positive, bro. She's like, yeah, yeah. You you are passionate about what you do, <laughs> and you You're make no money from it, but you help people. Fuck you! (laughs) You're too passionate about you do, Mike. Too passionate. Too nice.
0: Mike, you're too funny. You gotta tone it down a bit.
2: (laughs) You guys look really cool, like with your clothes and hair. We'll
1: call it the 1960 vibes. That's
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, you guys do look cool. But you guys have like a cool, like modern. Aesthetics. asian like aesthetic yeah
3: <laughs> likewise
0: likewise you do too yeah
2: yeah I, I, I dig from I like, california bro
1: <laughs> yeah california yeah
0: awesome so we have one last question for you mike and that is what advice can you give to someone who is
1: trying, trying to, to pivot from their career to their passion trying
0: to make the jump pretty much
2: This deserves a water break. Um, I would say forget forget what you think your friends are going to think about you. Forget what your family is going to think. Forget what anybody thinks. Because at the end of the day, it's just you. Because if you're going to live your life for these society and these thoughts of, you know, appeasing to your parents and other people, when they pass away... All you have left is resentment and pain and sadness. So you you got to be selfish because then when you can be selfish, you can give back in the way that you want to give. Um, like now I have more love to share with people versus before I was just kind of clinging on to whatever little I could just to protect myself mm-hmm. because of the misery. So, you know, think about that. Think about what really makes you happy. <clears throat> and, um, don't be afraid to go back home if you have to. If I didn't go back home and move out of the place I was living at and leave all that shit behind and live off my savings to figure out my this,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you will. That that can haunt you the rest of your life, and it'll basically your mental health and the way you view yourself and how you accept yourself is gonna gonna dictate every single decision you make in your life, relationships, business, whatever. So. Um, don't be too prideful, focus on what really matters, which at the end of the day, again, it's you, your mental health and what makes you happy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So then don't feel guilty about it. By the way, people are going to guilt you. I've had friends that guilted me. I've had friends that didn't like the fact that I was getting better. They didn't like that. I was getting happier. They wanted somebody to complain with mm-hmm. uh, even family. People are not going to understand and it's okay. And you're going to feel more lonely than you have ever felt in your life in fact i've lost about 95 uh, 95 percent of the friends i had before but mm-hmm. it's okay because once i got over that hump of being alone i learned to love myself even more and and i made better friends right mm-hmm. so um keep that in mind thank you mike. as you make that jump love that. That.
0: thank you so much mike and how can our listeners find out more about you online
2: so uh everything I have is under the handle of Mike Kim Comedy, M-I-K-E-K-I-M comedy. One word. That's my YouTube, uh, where I have podcasts and you know a bunch of other content. Um uh my Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, everything is Mike Kim Comedy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check me out. And then the podcast name is called The Set Breaker. Three words, the Set Breaker. Mm-hmm. Uh you'll you'll find that again on YouTube and on audio, all audio streaming platforms, iTunes, Google Play. Um, spotify all that stuff
1: mm-hmm. so awesome awesome
0: we'll leave that all in the show notes thank you so much for sharing your story with us today mike it was awesome having you on the show
1: thank you mike appreciate it, man
2: thank you guys for uh, having me here appreciate it hey
1: guys we hope you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the show
0: we would like to get to the top 10 on itunes so be sure to leave us a five-star review we release an episode every single wednesday so stay tuned
1: thank you guys so much